This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 1203, July 18th, 2022. Good afternoon and thanks for joining us for the Monday edition of the WBBM Noon Business Hour presented by the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Rachel Pearson filling in for Rob Hart. Exchange-traded funds have become one of the most popular investment vehicles for both institutional and individual investors. We'll get a, a course, a 101, if you will, on ETFs in our next segment. But first, the busy economic week ahead includes reports on housing, jobs, and manufacturing. Joining us with a preview today is Tom Hudson, a week ahead columnist at McClatchy Tribune News Services based in Miami, Florida. Uh, Tom, obviously a lot of big reports this week and looming over all of it is that favorite word, inflation. Yeah, inflation is out there and also employment, right? Uh, how are companies going to uh, maybe maybe uh, de-accelerate, maybe de- uh, kind of slow down some of their hiring expectations as they look at the uncertainty? I think the word to look for here is visibility. There's very little of it, Rachel, in the economy. There's very little of it in the second half of the year as these major companies are looking at business for the next six months. And I think that as investors kind of stomach all of the risk that's uh, in the marketplace, along with the Federal Reserve, they're going to look for some kind of assurances from some of these companies that that the, the maybe the worst isn't over, but the future may not be as bad as uh, as otherwise expected. Well, unfortunately, that may not be the case with the housing market. I know just today yeah. a report came out on home starter sentiment, and uh, that, that wasn't all that encouraging either. And we're also expecting uh, some more reports on housing throughout this week. Can we sort of touch on that? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. The existing home sales number is going to be key. That's due out on Wednesday midweek, because this is going to be really... Uh, a look at how the higher mortgage rates are gripping this market. We saw, for instance, just a couple of weeks ago, the number of pending home sales uh, rise in terms of those that have been canceled. So investors getting or, or buyers getting cold feet or could no longer uh, you know, uh, be able to afford the higher mortgage rates and the monthly payments that those are coming. So the sentiment in the home building space is pretty sour. Uh, and home buyers are being faced with higher expenses. Now, that said, home affordability is a big challenge in a number of communities uh, across the United States, and a lot of folks are focused on this as a way to, uh, to, to, to really have to address some of the rising inflation concerns focused on, on homes. Uh, higher interest rates are going to take care of some of that, but boy, it could be painful in the short term. Economists also continue to eye the Fed policy. There's been speculation that we could see a, a more aggressive full basis point hike, uh, but but maybe they'll stick with that 75 basis point. What are your thoughts uh, on that? 
Yeah, well, I'd say look to uh, look to the uh, to the corner of LaSalle and Jackson there in Chicago and the Fed funds futures market. You know, just a few days ago, a few weekdays ago, the expectation were, was rising of 100 basis points or a full 1% hike in the Fed funds rate next week. That's being backed off looking for three quarters of 1%. I think three quarters of 1% certainly is baked in and that's to be expected. I think if the Federal Reserve were to go a full 1%, uh, it certainly would go further along to uh, maybe calming down inflation. But the, the other unanswered questions that that kind of aggressive note brings up into the market, I think that could be costly in terms of Fred, uh, Fed credibility. Thanks so much. Tom Hudson, a week ahead columnist at McClatchy Tribune News Services based in Miami, coming up a 101 crash course on exchange traded funds. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. ETFs, also known as exchange traded funds, have become a popular investment vehicle, but many don't know what they are. So joining us with a 101 is Matt Matigan, CEO of Blue World Asset Managers here in Chicago. Matt, an exchange-traded fund. Let's explain it like I'm five. What is it? It is your ability to invest in the average performance, weighted average performance, of multiple investment vehicles all at the same time. I absolutely love these vehicles because they are no less valuable to the decades-old seasoned portfolio or if you are starting a portfolio from scratch, your, your very first per, uh, purchase ever, and they are instant diversification. So if we were to buy one share of the, the oldest ETF out there, the Spider ETF, SPY, uh, what you're investing in is the average performance of the 500 plus stocks that trade on the S&P 500 every day. So in addition to being able to be diversified immediately, we're absolved and we and our advisors were absolved of picking winners and avoiding losers because we're getting the average performance and the compounding returns of these indexes like the S&P, for example, uh, can be double digit per year, year in and year out. So they are a great foundation for any portfolio, again, new or seasoned. What makes an ETF, though, different from a, a mutual fund? Well, the mutual fund uh, is somewhat technical, but uh, the mutual fund, it has to settle at the close of every day. The trades are made at the end of every day. So the value of the mutual fund settles only after the close of the market. Whereas the ETF trades like any other stock with its normal fluctuations during the course of the day, and they are far less cumbersome to get into and out of uh, in the course of, of any given trading day. You can trade it like stock on the exchange as opposed to having to go through the sponsoring brokerage for uh, for the mutual funds. So a, little, they, a little more room to play. Ahead. Yeah. And there's different types of, of ETFs. Can you help us understand a few of those? Well, sure. The uh, There are ETFs that are very, very broad-based, again, like the S&P 500. But then you can also get very specific, industry-specific or even commodity-specific ETFs. If you happen to like the healthcare space, 
and you think that's going to be rising over you know the next period of time, you can get an ETF that is specifically invested in healthcare stocks uh, and, and related companies. So your ability to diversify as well as create vertical niches where you think the opportunities are, uh, it, it's just a really, really flexible tool uh, that allows you to take advantage of wherever you think the opportunities are without having to pick individual winners. Thanks so much for helping us uh, understand exchange-traded funds. That's Matt Matigan, CEO of Blue World Asset Managers, based here in Chicago. You can check out his blog at blueworldam.com. Up next, Delta makes a major order for planes from Boeing. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Delta Airlines is buying 100 Boeing Max airplanes uh, in its first major order from the manufacturer in more than a decade. Joining us with a closer look at this is Joe Schwederman, Professor of Public Services and Director of the Chaddock Institute at DePaul University here in Chicago. Joe, uh, it's been a minute since Delta Airlines has made a purchase of this magnitude. Oh, this is the biggest move out of the box on new airplane purchases really since you know we came out of the pandemic and not only 100 planes, but options for 30 more. And they've had a little bit of a sour relationship with Boeing, having pivoted to Airbus. So Boeing's feeling pretty good this morning. Now, tell us about this aircraft itself, because from what I understand is it, it, it doesn't even have government approval yet. Yeah, you know, the new MAX uh, 10, this is the biggest variant of the 737 MAX. That's, a, you know, an expanded version of the same model we had in the terrible accidents uh, a number of years ago. Uh, but uh, really, Boeing has gone back to drawing board. They, uh, uh, there's a lot of confidence in the jet again. We're starting to see some orders. And, you know, this order came at the Farnborough Air Show in Europe. And uh, Boeing's feeling real interest in that plane. Its fuel price is being so high. The 737 is really the workhorse right now. That's because it's a little bit more fuel efficient than other planes? Well, that's right. It's really striking. You look at uh, uh, the older planes that Delta has, some of the 717s and older planes. And these things, uh, you know, get 20 or 30 percent less fuel burn per seat. And so it's a tremendous fuel savings. And, you know, that's uh, on every airline's mind right now. Plus, they're bigger. And we've been seeing that just in the last six months or so, that airlines pivoting toward bigger planes since they've such shortages of pilots and airports are crowded, uh, use bigger planes, just more efficient, moving lots of people. Well, and that ties in with what we've seen across the airline industry and the travel industry recently. It's staffing shortages, it's lost baggage, and and so maybe, yes, uh, having more people in in one plane compared to just the same amount of people on two is uh, less staffing needed. It is. There are constraints on all fronts. And, you know, pre-pandemic, the thought was run lots of frequency. If smaller planes try to go every hour, every two hours, because business travelers love that, they want to have more choice. Now the thinking is run an airline, get planes on time, keep your costs down with the fuel burn. And if there are fewer flights, but the planes are bigger, that's a better deal, uh, you know, for the bottom line. And we're seeing more travel to leisure destinations. The customers they aren't quite as, as concerned about frequency there. They lock themselves into a flight. And unlike business travelers, uh, it typically don't change. 
Again, Delta Airlines purchasing 100 Boeing MAX planes in its first major order from Boeing in more than a decade. Thanks so much, Joe Schwederman, professor of public services and director of the Chattuck Institute at DePaul University. Still ahead, it's Stock Picker Monday. We'll get a pair of investment ideas from a money pro. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Chicago's all-news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Well, good afternoon. I'm Rachel Pearson in for Rob Hart, and these are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. This is Bernie Tafoya. The funeral is today for the last of the seven people killed in the Highland Park massacre on the 4th of July. An ordinance that would allow police to impound vehicles involved in drag racing or drifting in Chicago will be considered by the city council this week. As the noon business hour continues, we'll look at why you should consider doing a cleanup of your social media accounts. Plus, it's Stock Picker Monday, an investment pro will join us with some suggestions on what looks good. WBBM Business, the Dow up 59 points, NASDAQ up 105, and the S&P 500 up 17 points. AccuWeather says sunshine today with a high of 88 degrees. Clear skies tonight, low 70, then sunny to partly cloudy tomorrow. Breezy, hot, and humid, a high of 92 degrees. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. It's been two weeks since the mass shooting that killed seven people and wounded dozens of others in Highland Park. WBBM's Bernie Tafoya tells us today the final funeral will take place. 37-year-old Kevin McCarthy's funeral is scheduled this afternoon in Skokie. He and his wife, Arena, were both killed during the Highland Park Independence Day Parade. Arena's funeral was last week. The couple left behind a two-year-old son, Aiden. A GoFundMe page set up for him has so far raised three and a quarter million dollars. Kevin McCarthy's obituary describes him as someone who brought fun to every situation, someone who had an irrepressible zest for life. Bernie Tafoya, 105.9 WBBM. After a delay and some tweaking, a city council committee has given a green light to advance an ordinance that will allow police to impound cars involved in drag racing and drifting in Chicago, even if the driver isn't around. Mayor Lightfoot was asked whether the ordinance has enough teeth in light of the requirement to notify people their vehicle will be impounded. As you know, unfortunately, drag racing and drifting have been a thing in our city for decades. I live not too far from uh, Fullerton Avenue, and it's an issue um, along Fullerton from time to time. We're seeing on a regular basis these car clubs um, that um, mass in 50 hundreds that drive through our city. We want people to be able to um, enjoy the city, but they've got to do it in a way that is safe. The ordinance goes before the full city council on Wednesday this week. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Markets are trading higher as we enter yet another big week of earnings reports. We're joined by Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer at Crescent Capital here in Chicago. And Jack, I have to think that some of the gains we're seeing on Wall Street today are led by encouraging news from the big banks. Can we talk about some of the earnings reports that we've already seen today? Yeah, that's it, Rachel. You know, the higher interest rates are 
appear to be offsetting a lot of the lower deal volumes, particularly at Goldman Sachs and Bank of America, both of uh, which reported the, uh, pretty strong results this morning. And that really uh, kind of buoyed confidence uh, in the markets. It's petering off a little bit, but uh, still uh, higher for the day. And we know that there's other big banks that we're expecting uh, throughout the week. And again, I think a lot of investors turn to to these larger banks as sort of a, an indicator of where the, the economy and where Wall Street is headed. I know we're always looking future forward. Uh, would you agree that this is an indication of, of where markets are, are headed? Yeah, I certainly do. Um, you know, these are uh, generally companies of a Bank of America, for example, really does have the pulse on uh, small businesses and households. Uh, and so we watch, of course, carefully how much they're uh, writing off in loans, how much they're reserving for anticipated problems. Uh, and that gives us a pretty good on the ground indicator of you know where the economy is right now and so far uh, the results have been uh, pretty positive um you know, of course they're uh, reserving a little bit but it's not uh, anywhere near what we would have expected in you know a, a a severe recession let's say sure sure some other big reports this week too to keep an eye on uh, i'm looking at netflix i have to think that that's a, a pretty big one also tesla is expected to announce this week as is united airlines but let's circle back to netflix because this is a a company that's been struggling with its subscribers as of late. And I'm curious if inflation is sort of weighing on its costs as well. Yeah, so that is, um, you know, it's obviously the archetypical pandemic stay-at-home stock. Um, it rallied dramatically during uh, 2020, 2021, and now it appears people are pretty much you know, at least last last time they reported, people were tired of watching uh, Netflix and have, um, you know, ended their memberships. We'll have to see if they've turned that around. Um, they're also, in, you know, uh, investigating a, uh, a commercial-based uh, platform. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we may hear more about that as well. The price of copper has crashed. This is interesting. And I'm curious to get your take on what this tells us about the overall health of the economy, because copper is used in, in so many aspects of, of what's uh, I'm thinking of, you know, building homes and, and various assets like that. Yeah, it is really, uh, you know, a, a key um, component of the industrial economy globally. Uh, and we watch copper pretty um carefully. Um, in fact, it's really giving us some confidence that we would expect uh, inflation to really start rolling over pretty soon. Uh, one of the uh, indicators we look at is a relationship between copper and gold, given that copper is a pro-cyclical uh, commodity, whereas gold is a defensive commodity. And that's also been a very good predictor of where interest rates are, are likely to go. And the fact that copper is, is off as much as it is does suggest that interest rates will likely stay where they are, potentially, at least in the intermediate sector, uh, move lower. Thanks so much. Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer at Crescent Capital here in Chicago. Up next, you might want to do a little cleanup on those social media accounts. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Well, there are several things to consider with your social media accounts, including what not to say on them. Here with some advice is Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern, based in Chicago. Rick, social media was first introduced as a way to speak your mind, say what you want, but uh, maybe we've learned a lesson or two from that. <laughs> I'm afraid we haven't learned it. That's the problem. Ah. Um, so the, the issue is human condition is we hire who we like. It doesn't matter what your background is 
ultimately the difference between one candidate and candidate number eight or the one that I feel that I have the most in common. And, and social media gives companies the opportunity now to look very deeply into who you present yourself to be in your social media. Now, social media itself, the algorithms that drive it, don't align with work. No one has ever uh, gotten a great, you know, a, a 10,000 followers by being a really diligent employee. <laughs> you know, they tend to be things that are controversial, whether they're, you know, uh, social, sexual, whatever, uh, some sort of funny thing that maybe half the people don't think is appropriate. So your social media tends to m- magnify the most uh, uh, exaggerated or absurd parts of your character, your character, which is not what the employer wants to see. Right. Well, and, and whether you're putting it out there or someone else sees it, sends it to your employer, that's also, you know, we talk about cancel culture continuing through that. But sure. uh, I, I understand that, I mean, is it a matter of I just need to go back through all of my social media accounts and make sure I didn't say anything uh, regrettable? If you're Well, I think that's something you can do. You don't have to panic. It's not like, oh, don't do it right now or it'll be too late tomorrow. I think if you're in the market looking, no matter how, uh, how no matter how marketable you are, you probably should go back and download, say if you're a Twitter or Facebook, download your content and then just shut it off for a while. There's something, Instagram is much more difficult to turn off. So if you've got stuff on Instagram, that their algorithms make it much more difficult to make it disappear. Um, and certainly that's, that's critical. There's a, there's a really interesting piece of research that was done, uh, I was like, like six or seven, five, six years ago now, and they developed this software called Ocean, and it looks at ocean, uh, openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and, and neuroticism, and that's hence Ocean. And it actually is an algorithm that you can apply to social media to determine what someone is like independent of ever having had a conversation. Wow. It's a lot it's a lot easier to fire it's a lot easier to not hire somebody than it is to fire them. And yet when you look at terminations, they tend to be primarily uh comments of racism, misogyny, uh conflict at work, offensive or abusive or political stuff. And that's people who get fired. So think about it if it's in your social media and, and you're looking for work. Right, right. And I think that's what uh, is, is worth considering. And you've mentioned this already is that uh, really our social media accounts are just a, a snapshot of who we are as a person. We, we're not on them. Uh, at least I hope we're not on them 24 uh, seven. But but it could send the wrong message to employers. So it's just a, a reminder of, of being conscious in this process and interacting with social media because it can be a tool. It really can be an asset when it oh, comes absolutely. to looking for, for work. Absolutely. But I think if you look at this, people tend to post the best parts or the most interesting or the most exciting parts of their life. And they, and there's uh, an element of exaggeration in that, whether intentional or subconscious. And that is great for clicks, uh, but clicks aren't necessarily what you're looking for. If, if the content doesn't relate to somebody who would be a good, reliable employee, you know, your, 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 your over, your overextended night at a party is not a good picture to have for somebody that you're looking for who's going to be reliable at work. Thanks so much, Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern. That's T-W-O Discern, based here in Chicago. You can join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday. And still to come on this Stock Picker Monday, we'll get some tips from an investment pro. 
loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Well, it's Stock Picker Monday on the WBBM Noon Business Hour, and joining us with a pair of investment ideas is Art Hogan, a chief market strategist at National Securities based in New York. Art, great to have you with us. What's your first pick? First pick is Apple, and uh, Apple has gone through a, a bit of a correction this year. It, it sold off from peak to trough about 30%. It's bounced back and retraced about half of that, so it's down about 15% year-to-date. Um, trading at a very attractive uh, forward multiple of about 23 times, and, and that's about as low as Apple gets. They're going to report earnings in 10 days, and I would be very surprised if they didn't announce another buyback to the tune of $90 billion. That should offset any slowness in uh, any of their unit sales uh, due to the macroeconomic weakness. So I think Apple is in a very good place. I think they've uh, corrected for the news they're about to deliver in 10 days, and, and it's one of our favorite stocks. And that ticker is AAPL for Apple. What's your second pick, Art? Uh, the, uh, TJX, which is uh, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Home Goods, um, and and the, the the reason we really like this is a it's got a compelling multiple uh, on a forward twelve basis trading at eighteen times. It uh, also had a thirty percent drawdown during the course of the year, so it's gone through its correction. And they are going to be the beneficiaries of all the department stores that have too much inventory, right? So when you have that inventory, it has to go through the discount channel, and that means TJ Maxx and Marshalls are going to have all the inventory they want for the back to school and holiday shopping season. So we think it's a great buy right here at sixty one. TJX. It's also very appealing uh, should the economy head into a recession. I think a lot of people enjoy that treasure hunt of finding a great deal. And you mentioned those brands, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Home Goods. That's usually the go-to retailers for that sort of thing. That's such a great point, and that's exactly correct. If we're going to have a slowing economy, they are even more in favor and, and, and doing it with the, the right-sized inventory. They can have everything they need for those important shopping seasons. Now, you did mention, though, that, that, that TJX companies uh, will, will gain or will benefit from other retailers having too much inventory. But is, is it possible that, that then these stores have too much, or is that not an issue when you're looking at, at a discount department store? No, it's not an issue. As a matter of fact, the issue they have had is not getting enough inventory in the discount channel. So the other piece of the puzzle is they get to bid on uh, uh, discounted um, stuff so they, they can actually – their margins are actually higher than the, than the retailers uh, would be if they were to go through that discounting process themselves. So I think with their over 600 stores domestically, they're going to have uh, plenty of demand for everything that Nordstrom's and – and the rest of the department store chains uh, just don't have it the you know the time they need it. And the treasure hunt psychology really flares up when we have an economic slowdown. So I think you brought up a very important point. And again, those two picks are Apple, the ticker AAPL, and TJX Companies, that ticker TJX. Thank you so much, Art Hogan, Chief Market Strategist at National Securities in New York. If you missed any part of today's Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and on the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.